Hello and welcome. If you are hearing the sound of the, my voice, that means you are listening to the Two Beers Please podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Yannick. I am back. Along with me is Matt. You heard him today. Hooray. Yes, hooray. Matt is back here. He never left. He was doing his I was thing. Hooray. I was hooraying for you. There, oh, you were hooraying for me. Okay, my, thank my you. Voice, my voice was exhausted after doing that. So. <laughs> Please. I, I never, for someone who loves to not shut up, I never thought I'd want to shut up more. Right. Yeah. I, doing, doing a solo. I props to you, man. I was editing it. And I, was Dude, like, I have so much respect for like radio people now and like, just, like people that do that, like Greenberg and stuff. I'm like, you like also like they must take, they must do so much stuff to, to take care of their vocal cords and stuff. Like I'm well done. Well done by them. For some reason, I thought you were going to say they must take so many drugs to be able to to, to be. Oh, able- yeah, maybe. Oh my gosh! Yeah, it's- illicit and not illicit. You know, right? That hey, it's getting decriminalized what, what it, everywhere. What is a drug like? Caffeine. That's, that's a hell of a drug to smoke per chance. Whatever your poison is. Yeah, I mean, I yeah. Who knows? They, I'm sure Greenberg lived in Chicago in the '80s. Come on, come on. You're telling no, I'm kidding. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's uh, it's definitely not easy. And I mean, even talking to you and like doing this together is is a hell of a lot of work. It's it's definitely it's a lot of fun. And obviously, we don't need to like go into the amount of research that professional sportscasters need to go into because you know we're not getting paid. I can say whatever I want. I I can get out of here right. And you if I'm completely wrong, if I if I come on here and say you know that Notre Dame is going to lose to Boston College and I'm wrong, you know there's no repercussions. Right. If you get on here and tell me that you know the Pats have no chance against the Ravens, like only I will be the one to tell you that you're an idiot. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> well, I they shouldn't have had a chance. I they guess should've. you know the, honest, the amount of times that you've picked the Patriots when they like. I, didn't have a chance and now they finally got one i suppose you like if you kept keep betting on red eventually it's gonna hit red so you were you were right. due for one it was a nice yeah. win though it was a great win i mean i you know and we'll talk about it uh, you know previewing their next game i, I think they really found themselves so I, I hope that they just stick there oh yawn we are definitely disagreeing there no you think, i'm not uh, you think I'm, they're gonna make the playoffs that's the question. No, 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 make, no, okay. No. okay, I don't, okay. I don't, I don't think they about this. No, 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 no. I'm just saying I think that they will not end up like four and and something. I think right, that they have right. some wins down the road. I think they can end up with like an even score. Belichick still hard. an insanely impressive coach. Like he's right. He's gonna make life tough on on every team that plays him. Right. I mean, they kind of remind me of the Steelers without Ben. You know, like they still went eight and eight and were a great team. They weren't good enough to make the playoffs, but like they were knocking on the door. And I think that's kind of where the Patriots will end. I again don't think they will make the playoffs. I think there's too many good teams in the AFC East that have they have to play a couple times. Um, but we'll talk about that. Uh, but yeah, as always, remember to follow us on the social media sites. We're on Facebook. We're on Twitter at two BP underscore podcast. We are on Instagram at two beers please underscore podcast that's all spelled out you can find us on anchor you can find us on spotify follow us for all the latest episode updates and if you're on apple podcasts please subscribe and leave a review remember you can leave you know whatever you want to say we're not we're, we you say what you need you know you want to tell me that matt has a brooding voice i want to hear it that's what I I'm I'm down for all of it. Me too. I like hearing that. <laughs> I like hearing that. There you go. Please 
Go on. There you go. That just got us a couple five stars right there. <laughs> That's all we needed. That's all we needed. Oh my goodness. Welcome to two beers, please. Why haven't you been doing that? Like that, I don't know. Maybe that might be the change. Well, that might be the change. We'll that actually doing that, even though it's different since it's so low, it actually would probably be easier. Like I, I probably could talk hours on end, just getting really low down here. Right. I mean, very fair. Very we'll see. fair. We'll <laughs> see. I mean, everything's worth to we can we can like I said, we can tweet, tweet the, us. Do you want me to have a weirdly affected deep voice or just keep talking like I do? Oh, I'm gonna put this up on the Instagram poll tomorrow. That's what it's gonna be. That's what it's gonna I'll be. I'll put it on Twitter. I'll put it on Twitter too. We'll we'll do them both and we'll see. Probably nobody's even gonna respond. It's like, oh, all right. So nobody nobody okay. gave a you, chat, which makes sense. You vote and I vote, and if we vote the same way, then you'll do it. <laughs> That's true. That's there very true. Um, I mean, hey, speaking speaking of like uh, you know having people look at our stuff, though. I mean, we're about. This is episode 24 in terms of the straight episodes. We've done a couple uh, We've done a couple special ones here and there. You've got a solo one this week. We're about 30, 31 episodes into this podcast, which we started in the summer. And we just reached, you know, 1,500 listens. So thank you to everyone who has supported us. That's a... Thank you very a, much. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean... That's dope. Like, that's that, dope. that really is. Yeah, I'm very excited about... I saw that and I was like... 1.5k like what is that like 1.5k i was expecting like 15 right exactly (laughs) thanks those 15 people that that means a ton right there's there's somewhere there were a couple people listening to our podcast and they just died on the spot it's just been playing on repeat over and over (laughs) yeah they're just like i don't know what happened we found all these dead people and then all of a sudden there's just a voice that goes cheers y'all <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's like why cnn and fox have like great viewership at like 6 p.m to 8 p.m because all the old people have just fallen asleep in front of their tv and it just stays on throughout the night right well hey if you're an old person listening we and you and you are the people giving us those listens we will gladly be for you we'll just tweet you know you can send us a letter and we'll we'll, we'll include whatever you need um and uh thank you so much for all the old people in my life so many great old people. Um, Whether you listen or not, gonna, we love you, old people. We love you, old people. In these times, we cherish the old people for sure. You crazy um, geriatrics! How, you crazy geriatrics! Oh my goodness! You, 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 you coots! You voted for Trump, didn't you? You crazy, you crazy people! Now we kept, <laughs> we we included the CNN news watchers in there. We included. We included oh, all yeah, we forms did. of 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 crazy old people. They, there you go. Crazy old people yeah. have no political leaning. They're just old people they're being crazy. Nuts. And you know, they're, they're just, I mean, nuts. once you get like 70, 80 years old, I'm I'd probably be crazy. When you're 70 oh, 80 I'm, years old, you have to like you have to like look around sometimes and be like, what the fuck happened to <laughs> Earth? Like shit did not look like this 50 years ago. Like this is right. this is a new goddamn world. I was I was snorting coke. I was snorting coke gladly in my office in my forties, and now all of a sudden I gotta worry about. I, <laughs> I gotta. Worry. I was referencing more like the fact that people are carrying around cell phones, but sure, uh, snorting. I, change. Both things I don't, changed. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not so sure that the coke. Yeah, who knows about that? Yeah, I meant more. You know, technological <laughs> how That's the world fair. views. But yeah. Uh, 
I've been on the drug and, kick in this episode. Yeah, already. I know. I, what is I was wrong just going to say that. First, you had Mike Greenberg being a cokehead. Now you just got all these old people being cokehead. I mean, my my goodness, Jan. Yeah, what what can I say? This guy I, needs to party. I like a good upper. I like a good upper. You've been working too much, dude. Yeah, I. It's the only way I get going. It's the only way I get going nowadays. It's all you I got. To, you just have to envision that at least everyone else is in, enjoying life and partying. Exactly. Like I'm I'm slogging away at work, but I I hope everyone else is just coked out of their mind. Yeah, if you are at work and you're not doing coke, come on, take a bump for me, buddy. <laughs> Take a bump for me, buddy. Oh, my God. This uh, episode brought to you by the state of Oregon. Right. Exactly. Yikes. Okay. We're going to move on. Um, we're obviously in good moods. We're, we're, We've we're got just... plenty of other people to implicate in cocaine use. We've got to move on. Yeah, we have to. Otherwise, we're going to start, you know, those listens are going to get high for the wrong reasons because everyone's going to try to find out, <laughs> find out where we are. Oh, no. Oh, no. Okay, so Matt, how are we feeling today? I mean, it's November, you know, next week is Thanksgiving. It's freezing in in New York. It's got a little warmer today, actually, but it's been freezing for the most part. And you're headed back. Stop, dude. You spent too much time in Kentucky. You know what? I spent four damn years in in Louisville. Too much time, dude. Too much time. It's just cold, all right? It's cold. I'll give you a cold, but cold and freezing. I mean, come on. I don't think it's I've spent too much time in Kentucky. You you have long in Iowa. That's probably true. But you had to walk the campus of Iowa when you like could feel your nose hairs like right. because it's negative 10. Like this ain't right. shit. It is cold though. And it always like the thing is like too, like the when it first starts getting cold, it like it it does feel colder than like in two months today we'll be like, oh, today was a beautiful day. But right. because it's been so much it actually's been pretty nice. Like we've had a pretty mild fall. So like it was like, oh shit actually cold weather but i'm good dude i'm you know i'm i'm cautiously heading home at the end of this week gonna spend the holidays and the rest of the year with the fam back in iowa it's been so nice to be back in new york for the last couple months even even if it isn't you know totally back to normal yet not really able to live you know totally the normal life but you know it that this this place is just like when this place gets in your heart it's it just becomes a part of you so it's been nice to be back here and and it'll be nice to get a, a couple more months with the family, enjoy the holidays, be safe with them. And then, you know, optimistic that New York and, and I will be back early in 2021. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm doing well. How are you, man? Good as well. Good as well. I've been slogging away with a couple personal projects here and there. And uh, obviously hard at work trying to keep my, keep my rent afloat uh, in New York. And uh, shout out to all the service workers. You guys are the real OGs. I mean, people put up with so much stuff. And uh, me included, but I, some of my coworkers put up with even more. It's hard to believe sometimes. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, doing well. I got a little bit of a break next week. Thanksgiving, I've got off, and I got a couple more days off than usual. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you live in New York, man. That the if you're not if you're not making rent, you're you're looking to make uh, the extra money, you know. So it, it's it never stops in this city. So I, I'm a little gassed. I'm not gonna lie, but I I, I do feel. I do feel very content with being gassed. You know, sometimes you get tired doing the wrong thing. Um, and and I'm doing the right things in my life. So being tired feels like an accomplishment rather than like a, a burden, which which is a good way, place to be for sure. No doubt. I think that's something too that like as you just get older, like it there's a, there's this very like rewarding sense of of just like 
taking care of things. Like it's just something that you like, I've noticed for myself as, as I've gone through my twenties of like that, that's sort of like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to step up like shit's tough right now, but I got to step up to the plate and take care of these responsibilities. And, and as I've gotten older, there is like this very rewarding feeling and doing that. Right. Yeah, absolutely. No doubt. No doubt. And, uh, the one thing that happened to me this week that was not stellar is that Matt, I was, I was walking home Monday night and I was feeling great. You know, I was like, I'm going to, you know, I'm feeling so nice. You know, I, I, uh, it's beginning a new, new week, you know, <laughs> Thanksgiving's coming up. Uh, you know, I'm ahead in fantasy football and then out of the shadows of the alley, some dude just punched me in the face. And I was like, <laughs> what, what's going on, man? He just slugged me in the face. And you know what? It took me a second. I was like, all right, that this hurts. But, you know, I'm still walking. I'm still having a good day. And I'm, like, walking along the street. And this guy's, like, following me from behind. And I'm like, okay, so something's happening here. But he's still behind me. So, like, everything's fine. He, You know, he just punched me in the face in the beginning. Like, you know, it'll be good. And then right when I got to my door, as I'm opening the door, he slogged me again. And Almost you know what home that, safe. You know what that man's name is? That man's name is Adam Thielen. Yeah, I was going to say, kind of a, like a 6'1", 6'2", bearded, Caucasian man. Yeah, yellow Hand, Hands like freaking sticky glue. Right. Yeah, dude, he, that game, that is an, an amazing description of what happened because he had that early touchdown – and I was like, oh, I'm going to – I've got Yannick caught now. And then just didn't have anything. Like had a catch here, had a catch there, but it was like sitting at four points for so long. And then he only had like four catches but two touchdowns. And, uh, yeah, that was – Monday night games can – like when you're the loser of a Monday night game, it's so heartbreaking. And when you're a winner, it's so like, fuck yes. Like they actually – because there's so many times too where like, you know, Adam Thielen, I, I think I needed like 14 or 15 – and you have a player that comes up with a dud. So it's, yeah, the, the Monday night is truly the heartbreak night, either by your player showing up and breaking someone else's heart or your player not showing up and breaking your own heart. Right. It's It was hard for sure. And you know the funniest thing about it, though, Matt? And if you guys don't know, the Monday night game was the Bears-Vikings. Adam Thielen scored that touchdown in the fourth quarter, and the game was close still. And I shut the TV off because I was like, there's no way in hell I'm watching this game for any other reason. So did I. <laughs> I was like, I did not. Was, I was just watching it for that. And I like, I, dude, I swear to God, I was watching it and like, we just wanted to go to bed. We did not care. And like, as a Packers fan, I probably should care, but didn't. The second he got that touchdown, I go, fuck yeah. Turned off the TV and went to bed. I was like, I'm not watching the rest of this garbage. I'm here for, for one thing. Right. I was like, well, and I was with my roommate and he goes, oh, did the game end? And I'm like, no, but my game ended. So that's the what one that actually mattered, dude. Right. I'm like, I wasn't paying attention to Nick Foles on the offense. Are you kidding me? I don't have any Bears players on my team. Why would I do that? Right. That doesn't Kirk make Cousins, the Monday night king, one and nine now on Monday night. Gosh, two terrible teams oh, and he gets paid so much money to play quarterback good on you Kirk Cousins I the Vikings are idiots but I applaud you for getting them to give you that money 
Yeah, he tricked Washington and and Minnesota on that one. Let's just be honest about it. I will never understand that. Um, but let's let's move on so we can get through this episode and uh, take a quick step in the local pub. Matt, what are we drinking tonight? I got I got one last Bel Air sour from Brooklyn Brewery. Uh, you know, I'm gonna like like I said, this probably is like my favorite beer. So leaving Brooklyn, leaving New York in a couple of days, I, I had to enjoy a, a Brooklyn Brewery beer one more time. Actually, I might, you know, look into Ooh. checking. Uh, can you check cases of beer as luggage? Does that, I, does that work? What if I pack I mean, this? I just pack a suitcase of just Bel Air sours, but you know, they probably, I guess they probably have sour beer in Iowa, but yeah, one, one last uh, Bel Air sour for me. What do you, what do you got tonight? Yeah, well, I actually got a beer request, which is what I'm drinking tonight. Uh, shout out to Hogan Knott, who listened to our last podcast where we talked a lot about Hawkeye sports and said, hey, man, great podcast. Uh, could I request that you not drink PBR or Natty Light and actually drink Bush like like a real Hawkeye? So I was like, nice. thank, you. <laughs> thank you, Hogan. So good this one's for Hogan. Yeah, drinking a good Bush. It's, uh, it's real nice. And uh, yeah, so... I, I'm pretty sure that's what he meant. He didn't say that it was like a real Hawkeye, but the way that is, the text was framed, like, could you drink Bush Light instead of PBR or Natty Light? I got, I got oh, very yeah. judgmental vibes. I was like, Bush I Light. Got- honestly, Bush Light was my favorite of like, you know, Keystone, Natty, PBR, Bush. Bush is, I think, like the best. Which is kind. I mean, hell, between between Iowa City and Ames, like, if those two places stopped buying Bush Light, I would be terrified to see what would happen to the Bushlight beer. Just the whole state of Iowa, I think, is like propping up Bushlight to that. They'll just keep making it because Iowans, for some reason, drink the shit out of that crappy ass beer. And I love that yeah, crappy ass beer. I, me too. That crappy ass beer has a deep, deep place in my heart. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's funny. I, I bet Bushlight's executives are. You know, they have a different map than everybody else in terms of COVID. They're like, okay, where are the markets shut down? They're just looking at Iowa. They're just yeah. looking at Iowa. They're like, Iowa, stay open. Iowa, stay yeah. open. They're like, we'll worry about Budweiser and Bud Light. We'll worry about all our other beers later. But we know that Iowa, they'll they'll keep our bush light just fine. <laughs> they'll keep our bush light just good. And and uh, we're happy that they can rely on us for something. Um, such an Iowa thing, too, to be like, yeah, we all love this very simple thing because we're Iowans and we're just simple as hell. And I, yeah, I, you know, that is, yeah. that's Iowa for you. It's great. I want to be in Iowa drinking a bush light and getting well wasted very simply. You don't need to fancy me up. You don't need to give me any hops. Just give me a bush light and I'll feel good. <laughs> a bush light, a cold fall morning and some Hawkeye football is about oh. as good as it gets. I got emotional listening to you say that. I really did. I hurt it like immediately. I immediately went, oh, yeah. Those were the good years. Those were the good years. Those were the good Back years. Back times were simpler. Back the simple times. Watching a lot of Downton Abbey, so oh, watch out. Really? Oh, gosh. No. Okay, I, 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 I choose the deep voice over the British accent for sure. I'm going with deep voice over British accent. Absolutely. Dude, well, it's not going to be a to- – it wouldn't be a total British accent thing. I, I All right. I have convinced people. Oh, yeah? Before. Okay. Yeah. Story for have- another day. Story for another day. Yeah, let's move on because you did a solo episode where you talked a lot about NBA draft stuff. So we won't cover it too much. Uh, you gave your your picks. You talked about the changing landscape after the NBA kind of trade deadline started to close. And 
yeah, NBA draft obviously has taken place now. So let's just go over your thoughts. What did you think of the NBA draft and the and the teams that were involved in picking the players of tomorrow? Yeah, I mean, I mean, just initial reactions are, you know, my top five picks. I had Edwards, Wiseman, Ball, and then I had Halliburton and um, uh, I'm blanking on my fifth pick. I can't remember who I had fifth, but I know it wasn't Isaac Okoro. Um, and the top three went as kind of expected. Like I, I think. It would have been a massive surprise if, if Ball had gone one and, and Edwards had gone two. You know, if that three had been mixed around, I don't think it would be like a huge surprise. But we knew it was going to be those three, and it went in the three that I think we most expected. And from there, it was kind of random. Like it, there, there was a lot of you know, there was guys that were supposed to go higher that didn't, um, guys that were supposed to go you know later that didn't. Um, which I think you know a lot of that too has to go with the fact that these teams. It was such a different draft process where you really had to, instead of really like being like, all right, here's the full prospects. Let's really kind of look at them. You kind of already had to have an idea of who you wanted to go after before you like started prospecting and then like really grading these guys. So I, I think it was a tough one for teams, but yeah, I, I talked a lot about, I, I think this draft has a lot of depth. I'm, I'm not convinced there's a superstar, but I think there's a lot of really good future pros here. I mean, when you got guys like Nico Mannion going, I think the 48th pick, um, it was, I think it's going to be a, a more rewarding draft than, than we've given credit for. And and it was a fun draft. Like the unexpected is far more fun in a draft than if it had gone, like when it goes exactly where we think everyone's going to go, it's boring. So it was fun to see Patrick Williams go for and, 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 you know, Halliburton fall and, and just see, Oh, okay. That team really Jalen Smith, uh, you know, and we'll get into, you know, surprises and such and such, but I, I it was an, a, fun draft to watch which is not always the case yeah that's definitely true sometimes you know exactly who's going to who and and the teams have been talking about them for 80 months so it's you you would you know you know but uh yeah it was definitely fun and with so much depth uh we might be looking back at this draft and maybe not a superstar but we'll be definitely talking about some team uh like role players that's super important in the future that are there so that'll be really interesting to see who who can pick it up from here? Let's just go right into it, though. Biggest surprise for you on the night? You know, uh, I, I think I probably had to start with number four. As I said, top three picks kind of went as set in stone. But right when Chicago picked number four, the, the, the chaos kind of ensued. And it was Patrick Williams, the the forward from Florida State. You know, it's it, it's a it's a, a pick that's gotten some some critique. I do. I think Halliburton and and Levine would have been a terrific kind of duo as both kind of being combo guards. But in a draft where you're not really sure who the best are, Patrick Williams has a has a high has has a highest ceiling as anybody in the draft. You know, he's six eight, seven foot wingspan. He's the second youngest player in this draft. So you know, Chicago needs help on the wing. Halliburton wasn't a sure thing. There was no sure things. So it's kind of like in, in this, this draft of being so unsure, you might as well gamble on the big money. And if Patrick Williams hits home, it, it's going to be a hell of a pick, um, but certainly a surprise with him going forth. And then also I mentioned Jalen Smith and I had talked before about how I really liked Jalen Smith going 10th. It was a surprise to a lot of people, but another pick that I loved. Um, I, I think I got to watch a lot of him in his two years at Maryland uh, since he played in the big 10. Needs to work on the on-ball defense and, and isn't really a shot creator, but he won't have to shot, create his own shot at the next level. He's going to be a, a great help defender with his ability to, to block shots, get steals, get his, his hand on the ball. He's already able to shoot the three at a pretty consistent clip. 
kind of kind of a poor man's Jaron Jackson, the, the the stretch four out of Michigan State a couple of years ago. So I Jalen Smith and Patrick Williams were two of the biggest surprises for me, but I thought they were both good picks, not not bad. Some people might think they were bad picks, but I, but I don't see that. Um, but surprising certainly. Right. Yeah. Both of those. And uh, my my biggest surprise was one I you know, I think I don't know if I was I would have put him four, but I thought Halliburton was going to get drafted top seven at least. And so him dropping was definitely surprising. And uh, but sure. I think I think the point guard from ISU, I think he lands in a great situation. I mean, that backcourt with Halliburton and Darren Fox is that is another great ma- that's another great duo that I'm, I'm excited to see uh, in Sacramento. And the Kings are always sneaky, so I, I I am definitely yeah I'm just excited to see what that happens. You know, and you know Halliburton's going to have a chip on his shoulder because he was being told he was going to get drafted higher. So uh, that'll be good to see from the from the young man. I think he's as dynamic as any other point guard in this draft, and I think that he could be someone that we that we are saying his name much more often. And people were already saying his name going into this draft, that he was going to be the one to watch to rise and didn't happen like he expected. But I think he ends up and ends up in a good situation and uh, will have every opportunity to succeed. Um, For sure. And I think too, like with a guard like that, like that's why I think the bulls, I said it too, it would have been good. And I think the Kings is, is the same way because as a guy that Halliburton, it's you want him on the ball, but he, but he's more of a combo guard than a point guard. And now you get to put him in that combo guard with another guard who who can take the the real weight of it. You know, De'Aaron Fox is the, the pressure is not going to be, be on Tyrese Halliburton to make the Kings' offense work. De'Aaron Fox is going to be able to do that for him, which is going to make Ty, Tyrese Halliburton's ability to kind of slide in and, and figure out the NBA game much easier for him. So I, I completely agree. I think it's terrific fit with those guys. Right. Yeah. And definitely a surprise uh, him dropping that far. Okay. Steel wise, it, it's hard to say biggest steal because. I don't think there were some players that that fell, but in a draft that's mostly about depth and less about star power, where we can say like, "Oh, this superstar, you know, was stolen." Uh, it's kind of hard to pick, but I have one. Uh, but let's, uh, yeah, I'll just start it off. I'll start us off. I think Abi Toppin to the Knicks is a big steal. You know, I, I think Abi Toppin, you know, best player in the country last year. Obviously, you know, <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. But you know, I, best- I had to react that way. You know, that, yeah, of course, of course, we got to give our Luke awarded. Award. Player of the year. There you go. Best player of the year that's <laughs> in this draft. So there you go. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'll be topping the dynamic score uh, out of Dayton. And, you know, the Knicks... They've been they've been wanting that dynamic score, and and while I don't think Abi Toppin is superstar level, I definitely think the Knicks can form a team with him in it where he can be an X factor that will really benefit them. And you know, when the best player falls to eight, best player I'm going to say awarded best player falls to eight in the in the country, especially in an underwhelming draft, that does raise some you know some questions about why no one else wanted him up front. But he can shoot in the post, he can shoot from the three. I think he is uh, is is kind of a score that the Knicks will like having in the future, and so I, th- I think he's a big steal falling to eight to the New York Knicks. Yeah, I feel like most of my bias against Obi Toppin probably isn't fair, but I, I worry <laughs> about I worry about a guy who his best like version of him in basketball wise was against really not good talent. Like the Atlanta Ten was just not good last year, so his offensive game I think he does have a lot of skill it's going to be a question of if he can actually replicate it against good players, but uh, certainly a guy who I think will be ready to try and score at the next level. My steals. I, I mean, how the hell does the NBA keep letting Pat Riley do this? How does precious Achua fall to 20? Uh, James Wiseman opted out for the Memphis 
Precious took over the team and was an absolute force for the Tigers. He's got a great offensive game. He's got a ton of strength. Like I mean, most of these you know big guys nowadays they're they're a little thinner because you want to be quick. Not Precious, two hundred and forty pounds. He can push people guys around. <clears throat> he can push guys around. He can move. Could work on the three a little bit more. And I think he also needs to like work on being a team guy. I think that's what people worried about him. He's certainly someone that can kind of worry about getting his shot and stuff. But I think going to Miami is absolutely perfect for that because there's there's few teams that have a better culture uh, in the NBA. So absolute steal for Pat Riley getting Precious Achua out of Memphis. And then Cassius Winston at 53. Are you kidding me? I know he doesn't have the NBA athleticism, but you can't tell me you don't want a guy like Cassius Winston on your team. Like I, I'm not sure he will probably ever be a starting quarter, point guard at the next level, but he's a dream backup, which is important now as ever. And will bring also a ton of leadership to an OKC team that's going to, you know, expecting to be young for quite some time. Like their best player, Shy Gilders Alexander, Cassius is older than him. So I, I think that was a huge, huge get for OKC. Yeah. And I mean, OKC is going to have young players, you know, forever and ever. Amen with all the draft picks that they're uh, stockpiling for sure. Uh, and yeah, both of those players, surprising uh, drops. So. Definitely steals for both those teams. Matt I knew Precious always. was going to get stolen, but like, how did you guys, how did the NBA let Pat Riley get him? Right. After what the Heat did this year with like seeing Bam and seeing all these great draft picks that Pat Riley keeps being like, oh yeah, no, he's actually good. Like, NBA, quit making Pat it so Riley, easy on him. Yeah, Pat Riley, he knows how to get it done or he knows how to let other people help him get it done. I don't know. Exactly. It's crazy. He takes opportunities. That's what you want from from uh, from the person in charge for sure. Um, so we talked about the top picks. You know, James Wiseman uh, and Anthony Edwards and Lamella Ball uh, in no particular order. And you know, we talked about some other great players in this draft. Who do you think the best player in this draft is? Like truthfully, not like the you know what the team needed, but the best player in the draft. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it really does come down between Edwards and Lamelo, and and I love a lot what Edwards brings, but I but I think. I think Lamelo has the best chance of also being a superstar. You know, I, with him, I, there's so much pomp and circumstance that I think people, you know, you get up all in, you you catch yourself in, in like the hype of the ball and Lavar Ball and Lonzo Ball and all just like the craziness and his brother getting arrested in China and they played in Lithuania and us, Lamelo Ball can flat out play like throw all all the drama surrounding the Ball family out the window. The guy's a six seven point guard. He's got a great feel for the game. He's got a flair that just makes him fun to watch. He's got great vision. Not an elite athlete, but when you play point guard and you're 6'7", you don't need to be. And, he, and he's still quick enough. Um, I think, you know, superstar-wise, he he will have to work on his shot. We, you, he doesn't want to be Alonzo. But I think, to me, it's pretty clear that, that LaMelo Ball really has all the tools to, to be the best player in this draft. Okay, there you go, Lamelo Ball. I'm I'm actually going to say I, I I think James Wiseman is going to is going to is the best player in this draft and will end up being the best player in this draft. I think that if the season if he had actually played, uh, you know, there's a lot of ifs involved in my choice for sure. You know, if he had actually played, uh, I think that he would be the clear number one in this. Uh, just from everything that's uh, kind of what we did get to see from him and everything that everybody's saying around him. Uh, and his size. I think he also has the opportunity to be like a two-way player more than any of those other players do. I think he has like the size and like the mindset to be an elite defender as well as like contributing on the scoring side, obviously. So I think he falls into a great situation as well at Golden State. And I think that's only going to help him get better and better as if like other than like if he had fallen into a situation uh, that he was forced to be the man from day one. Uh, but yeah, and I mean, he's also going to get opportunities early. I mean, we, you know, 
the news out of Golden State, obviously fucking awful that you know clay thompson towards achilles is terrible i mean i you know i hate it hated to hear that and james wiseman is going to get some opportunities um earlier than maybe than expected with that injury um but yeah i think i think james wiseman has has the tools he needs it, the obvious question there is we haven't seen enough of him and so i am going up on a limb saying that i think we've seen more of anthony edwards we've obviously more seen more of Lamelo ball uh, but yeah, I, I'm just going to go with with the metrics here, and I think James Wiseman will end up being the best player in this draft. If I just for him, I worry I worry about what his fit is in the modern NBA um, because there's just not that's just not that traditional center, you know. Um, I think Joel Embiid would probably be the closest, and and I and I'm not sure Wiseman's there. So I, for me, the, the biggest question is him: is where where do you fit in this in this modern NBA? Uh, and in the like the Splash Bros, they can't play Splash Brothers ball spreading the fort and also have a center that's sitting down low. So it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see how, you know, he figures out to be the best player in, in the modern NBA because he's such a great traditional center. But that's those are a thing of the past for the most part, sadly. Yeah, it'll be interesting. Uh, and and we'll see if 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 it becomes a trend that centers continue to to decline or you know if we see a resurgence of them because the game is always changing and there's always trying to find a I don't new think way. it's so much as a decline as much as just like they're just used differently you know like there's no, the, the throwing it down low is it, it's not when you can get like a three and you can like play more fast play like it's just the style doesn't it, it's like oh we're gonna run the ball and it's like no you passing the ball is better we've proven it so I just don't like it it's not that centers have gone declined as much as just like they're used so much differently. Right. I guess I meant the the value of the position of center has has declined is what I'm what I yeah what I am yeah referencing for certainly. Sure. Yeah, but yeah, I mean it'll be interesting to see. Obviously, great players coming uh, from all over the draft. Uh, but let's talk one more thing before we move into football talk. Who won the draft? Who won the draft? Who do you think? Which team benefited the most from their draft? Uh, and you can also include any trades that were made in in this if you need to. Yeah, I mean, for me, like when discussing who won the draft, it it always also seems very focused on just the actual picks, which makes sense. But I'm kind of saying who's to say like the Nets or the Sixers, and the Sixers did have some solid picks. But like I think what the Nets and the Sixers did not actually drafting was probably the best stuff of draft day. Both were able to flip, you know, late picks late first round picks I believe in a very underwhelming draft for Seth Curry and Landry Shamat respectively so like in a draft where you're trying to really just find like role players both those teams were able to to flip draft picks that probably weren't going to be you know even impactful role players right away for impactful role players right away so I, I thought that was a really well done by by the Nets and the Sixers to to go out and and find the value that's already in the league than just trying to find a role player through the picks. As far as actually picking wise, I, I really do think the Timberwolves did a great job. I think it was smart just to go with Edwards I, ball and Weissman and trades. I'm sure we're enticing, but I've talked so much about how much I just think Edwards fits well with D'Lo and cat. Um, and then we talked about the Kings. You, you get Tyrese Halliburton, another guy who, who could be the best player in this draft. Uh, you get a great energy guy, three and D guy and Robert Woodard out of Mississippi state. And Jamius Ramsey out of Texas Tech, like there was times where he showed a lot of flashes of, of a high scoring ability. So actual draft wise, I really liked what the T-Wolves and the Kings did. But I, I liked what the Sixers and the Nets did outside of the draft uh, to improve their team. Right. I mean, I just went with one team here. I think the 76ers won this draft. I mean, they and they, it's because they did a lot of everything, right? We talked about the trades that brought them players, 
But they they trimmed a lot of fat getting rid of Al Horford, that awful, awful that contract. That was huge. That was huge. And that's gonna free them up with so much cap space. You watch. They're they're gonna they might get James Harden. They might get James Harden now. Like they 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 have the opportunity to. Granted, you know, Houston's gotta decide whether they let him go, but I, I think that that's a big thing. Getting rid of Josh Richardson was also a big thing. They just got a lot of cap space now, which is gonna be great for rebuilding around Embiid. And also, even even if they they had five picks going into the draft, right? And they managed to get rid of players that helped helped free them up cap space, get some you know good things in return. And also, Tyrese Maxey fell to them at twenty one, so they got their pick anyway. I mean, the 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 Kentucky player, no one expected him to fall to twenty one, so it's not like that wasn't even their real. I don't think it was their strategy to get Tyrese Maxey. I think he fell to them, and it was like great. So now we got rid of Al Horford, we got rid of Josh Richardson, we have cap space. We got a good player from the draft too. I mean, I think their other picks, you know, they got the Arkansas ace, Isaiah Joe. I think he's really good. I think he could be really good in the future. And they got a sleeper pick that everyone's been talking about, uh, the forward from DePaul, Paul Reed. I, I think that both of those players could be interesting uh, rotation players for that team as they try to figure out where to go next. But yeah, I think the 76ers did a lot of good things, which will be a relief for any Philly fan to hear after the awful couple seasons they've had with all the expectations and all the failures to follow it. It's almost like five big men doesn't work. <laughs> Especially in the modern NBA. I, don't, I mean, this is just one, one man's observation of, of what we were doing there in Philly. But yeah, I mean, I think like truly getting rid of even and like this isn't even a credit to a discredit to Al Horford because like I'm saying, it more has to do with just fit. Just getting rid of him is such a win for them because it clogged them up, not only financially, but clogged them up on the court. So, yeah, it was well done by by Philly. Um, and, you know, that's I think you're probably already seeing. I mean, Daryl Morey, Doc Rivers, those are two guys who, who we know can get it done in the front office way to build a team. Right. And, like, obviously people aren't looking at them as, as contenders in the East because of all the other teams that are much more set already. But, uh, you know, watch out. They could be doing some stuff that will make them there. If they actually get like the role players that like I think they were hoping to have around Simmons and Embiid this year, then they absolutely come back up to being a competitor. Because like, yeah, Embiid has to play better and Simmons has to play better. But a lot of it was just like their their guy like Josh Richardson was not hitting threes. So if, if they're able to still build like actually good supporting like guys like Seth Curry around them, then they they go right back up as an East contender for me at least. Right. I mean. You know, with all these teams making moves, with the Nets making moves, 76 making move, the Knicks get Abi Toppin, and and word is they're about to get Gordon Hayward as well. So that becomes an interesting situation as well in New York. Not saying that they're going to be a contender, but I'm saying a lot of teams in the East are making some big moves, and I think it makes the East very exciting to watch, especially with we're we're still missing the star power in the East. So uh, obviously we have Giannis, but in in terms of like comparison, Brooklyn's bringing it, baby. Yeah, Brooklyn's bringing it, baby. You know, <clears throat> hopefully that they don't make any dumb moves and 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 ruin what they already have with trying to reach for James Harden. I think that'd be a mistake. Um, Disagree. What you think they could get James Harden, Kyrie, and KD on the same team? You think that's possible? If, if I'm saying if you can make it happen, I think you have to. I just don't know if they can make it happen. And with I don't. Houston, I, will, without I don't think Houston's. I don't think Houston's trading James Harden this year. They're not going to. They have a new GM. He has two years left on his contract. James Harden can ask to go as much as he wants. This is a Leo Messi situation. He's not leaving Houston this year. I guarantee it. But if the Nets have a chance, as volatile as it could be, to put James Harden, Kevin Durant, and Kyrie Irving on a team, they have to do it. 
because well, that is course. way too much fucking talent to say no. Like it, it could, chances are it could be bad because it's three big personalities, three big playing styles. But if you have the opportunity to get that much talent on a team, you got to take it. Right. I guess I just don't, even if Houston was open to trading Harden, I just don't see a world where the Nets have enough without touching KD and Kyrie to give them for Harden. I just don't think that's, I think they would have to trade Kyrie. And I just don't think that that makes any sense given that they haven't even really gotten to play together yet. So, you know, oh, yeah, that's there's what, no way there, there's no way they're trading Kyrie. Like people are talking about Harden going there to just join Durant. Like that's not what he wants. He, he wants a big three. Like they're not. Yeah, he wants but I think three. Dinwiddie, Levert, like, and if Harden really wants out, the Nets do have a lot of good role players, which is like the negative for the Nets. Like then sometimes it's the question of like the Warriors, what they did with Durant. I always thought the signing of Durant was long-term, not a great decision because they had to get rid of so many great role players to fit this guy. But they went and won two championships and one to won three if he didn't get injured. So like the, the Nets will have to give up a lot of good guys. And I, I personally do think they have the pieces to do it, but it, it is, you know, long-term, is it the right call? I don't know, but you get those three together and they, it would just be so fun to watch that offense. Oh yeah. Oh, we, we, we get in season tickets. If that happens, I mean, we're getting season tickets anyway, but we're, yeah. I mean, we, we're, we're, we, already got, we already got Durant and Kyrie running a Steve Nash offense. I, it should be a pretty fun year in, in Brooklyn with or without right. the beard. Right. I mean, listening to the Steve Nash announcement on this MTA this morning was, uh, was quite the treat. I'm pumped. I love that I'm ready. so much. I am ready. Steve Nash was telling me to put my mask on and I wanted to hear more of it. No, but, uh, yeah, it's going to be really exciting. The NBA season, it felt like it just ended. We were just talking, and it's right back up, right back to exciting, and that's what we love about basketball. Never stops. If the season isn't happening, the offseason's happening, and that's even more exciting sometimes, most of the time, honestly. And, uh, yeah, great stuff, and we're excited to see what happens next.